When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride. It's Friday. The Raiders have a huge game this weekend against the Broncos. But before that, let's go over the news coming from Raiderland for the week, the injury report, and answer some of your questions. Reminder, submit your questions for the mailbag to me on Twitter, at mholder95, or email them to sbppquestions at one at gmail.com. Again, that's sbppquestions1 at gmail.com. Let's get to it. All right. I'm going to start with the Gruden news, and I've already shared my opinion on the matter on the, in writing on the site and on Wednesday's pod, so I'll leave that part out, and I'll just sum it up for anyone that's living under the rock for the last week. Last Friday, a report came out that back in 2011, John Gruden had sent emails to former Washington football team's president Bruce Allen, who was with the Raiders when Gruden was originally hired in, two, in the early 2000s. And the coach used what was described as a racial trope towards NFLPAA executive Demoris Smith, and on Sunday, ESPN's Chris Mortensen released a story that where Gruden admitted that he, in a separate email, he used a homophobic slur to describe NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Gruden apologized for his emails and said that he was upset with the NFL lockout that was going on at the time, essentially stating that his comments came from a place of frustration rather than a place of hatred. Then on Monday, a separate article from the New York Times revealed that the NFL has a string of emails from Gruden dating as early as 2018. That includes misogynistic comments about female referees, more homophobic comics about Roger Goodell, slurs about Michael Sam, the first openly gay player to be drafted in the NFL, and several other inappropriate emails which include topless pictures of former Washington football team cheerleaders. Gruden ended up resigning shortly after the New York Times article released on Monday evening, stating, I have resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nation. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone. Raiders owner Mark Davis released a statement shortly after Gruden's to say that he has accepted Gruden's resignation, but hasn't spoken on the matter since. Special teams coach Rich Psakia has taken over as interim head coach, and Greg Olson, the team's offensive coordinator, will take over the play-calling duties with Gruden out. Seattle Seahawks starting quarterback Russell Wilson currently holds the longest active starting streak for a quarterback with one team, but Wilson injured his finger last Thursday against the Rams and had surgery on it this Friday. The Seahawks haven't put Wilson on IR or officially ruled him out just yet, but all signs are pointing towards a streak being over, which will make way for a new leader, Derek Carr. Sunday will make it 65 starts in a row for Carr with the Raiders, as the last time he didn't suit up for the Silver and Black was four years ago against the Ravens when he had a back injury. Tom Brady holds the record for most consecutive starts overall with 80 now that Wilson likely won't play, but of course, Brady falls out of the starts with one team category since he left New England for Tampa Bay last season. Marcus Mariota returned to the practice field this week as the organization designated him in return from injured reserve. Mariota has been sidelined ever since rattling off a 30-yard run in Week 1 against the Baltimore Ravens, but we could see him get some action on Sunday since Olsen has a history of dialing up some quarterback runs while serving as the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive coordinator with Blake Bortles at quarterback. The Raiders have an open spot on their 53-man roster, so they didn't have to make a corresponding move, but they did make a few related roster transactions. Quarterback Kyle Sloter and defensive back Robert Jackson were released from the practice squad, 
while offensive tackle Dan Skipper and DB Tony Brown were added to it. Skipper was an undrafted free agent out of Arkansas in 2017 and has spent time with the Cowboys, Lions, Broncos, Patriots, and Texans over the last four years. And Brown was also a UDFA but from Alabama and was recently released from the Bengals practice squad after spending 2020 with them and the Chargers and Packers during the beginning of his career. In other injury-related news, the Raiders are targeting Week 9 for guard Richie Incognito's return. As you likely already know, Richie Incognito has been out with a calf injury since about halfway through training camp. If the veteran offensive lineman is ready to go by Week 9, his first game back will be November 7th when the team heads to New York slash New Jersey to take on the New York Giants. Wide receiver John Brown signed with the Raiders this offseason and was expected to be a contributor for the team. However, he struggled in training camp and the preseason and eventually asked for his release, though it seemed like he might get cut anyway. After the first five weeks of the season, Brown was still available and the Denver Broncos, Las Vegas' opponent this week, signed Brown to their practice squad on Tuesday. If you remember, the Broncos also swiped David Moore from the Raiders not too long ago, so they'll have two wideouts with some insights on the Silver and Blacks offense this week. More news from Tuesday, the Raiders had 10 free agents working out at the facilities, which was the most in the NFL, per Dov Kleiman. Dov didn't specify who was there or even what positions the free agents play, but if I had to guess, I'd imagine it'd be several offensive linemen, maybe a few cornerbacks, and I wouldn't be surprised to see a defensive tackle or two thrown in the mix after Chicago had a lot of success on the ground against Las Vegas last week. Moving on to the injury report, and as per usual, I'll start with the DNPs. Defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins went down a couple of times on Sunday, and he hasn't practiced all week with a hip injury, so it sounds like he'll be out against the Broncos. Quentin Jefferson, another defensive tackle, was actually a limited participant on Tuesday, but got downbraided to did not participate on Thursday with a back injury. If Hankins and Jefferson can't go, expect Solomon Thomas and Darius Fallon to see a boost in playing time in Denver. The Raiders could really use a guy like Hankins this week since the Broncos have a pretty good running game with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, but the Silver and Black will likely have to make do without the big man in the middle. Running back Josh Jacobs wasn't listed on the report on Wednesday, but was on it on Thursday as a DNP guy with an illness. Coincidentally, all but one of the team's limited participants in practice on Thursday came from the Raiders' defensive backfield. Jonathan Abram was actually a full participant on Wednesday, but was limited Thursday with the shoulder and calf injuries. Brandon Faison, who recently joined the team, has been limited all week with a hip. Same for Dallin Levitt, but with a knee, and Roderick Teamer was as well with an ankle. The other limited participant was defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, who missed Wednesday as that's become his normal rest day, and returned on a limited basis with him Thursday with a knee injury. Running back Peyton Barber has only had one carry, which came early against the Chargers, since his breakout performance against the Dolphins, but it looks like he'll be back in action on Sunday as he was a full participant all week with his turf toe. Cornerback Casey Hayward was also an FP with, an injury, with a knee injury, so was Nate Hobbs, fullback Alec Engold, and linebacker Corey Littleton with shoulder injuries. Defensive end Carl Nassa was granted a personal day on Wednesday and has a rib injury but was a full go upon returning to the team, while offensive tackle Brandon Parker was also a full go with ribs. The other tackle, Colton Miller, was a full participant with a peck. Same with linebacker Denzel Perryman with the toe, and tight end Darren Waller took a rest day on Wednesday before returning as an FP with a knee. The Broncos will certainly head into Sunday's game as the healthier team. Cornerback Mike Ford is the only player listed on Thursday's injury report who didn't practice, and he's a special teamer who played a total of four snaps on defense this season. Big names like Melvin Gordon III, Kareem Jackson, and Alexander Johnson were listed on the report and didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, but Gordon and Jackson were back on a limited basis yesterday, and Johnson was just getting a rest day. 
And that'll do it for this week's injury report. All right, I'll wrap things up by answering your guys' questions. A reminder, tweet your questions to me at mholder95 or email them to sbppquestions1 at gmail.com. Again, that's sbppquestions, the number one, at gmail.com. And please try to get your questions into me by about 5 p.m. PST on Thursday so I can answer them on the Friday podcast. I had a few people email me questions about the game on the day of the game, and I only do these once a week, so unfortunately, I couldn't get to you guys on that one. Here we go. First question, are there any changes on the offensive line? Well, beyond last week, I think Gruden, obviously before he ended up resigning, said that they were going to stick with uh, Alex Leatherwood and Brandon Parker at right tackle and right guard. So that would, I would assume that means they're going to keep you know, things pretty similar to what they had last week. I would be surprised if they only gave you know Brandon Parker one chance to block Khalil Mack and then put him right back on the bench. That's not exactly a the fair hand you want to give them, especially if you're going to get a, you know, try other options. And I think I talked about this last week with Mark John, the Raiders, unfortunately don't really have a better option at right tackle right now. You know, they didn't go out and sign anybody in the free agency because they were in the process of getting rid of people during free agency. And, you know, they obviously drafted a guy in Alex Leatherwood, but if you look, go back and look at the other offensive tackles that were available during the draft, the guy that I really liked was Tevin Jenkins He's been injured all year, might even miss this whole season. And again, I don't really know who else they could have signed, especially if they're getting rid of guys up front and whatnot. That wouldn't exactly have made a whole lot of sense. So it's a frustrating situation right now at right tackle. But I mean, it's kind of about as good as they could have done this year. They still had Trent Brown. Trent Brown's on IR, so they're kind of screwed. I don't see any big sweeping changes this this week, especially with everything going on. I'm sure they're going to try and keep it as close to the best as possible and not make too many changes. Next week, and as we get closer to the trade deadline, I definitely think it's something to keep an eye on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up signing someone or they end up signing someone you know, coming up in the next week or so. Then we might see some changes. But yeah, right now, this week, I think it'll still be uh, Colton Miller over there at the left at the left tackle, excuse me, and then John Simpson at left guard, James at center, uh, Leatherwood at right guard and and um, now Parker at right tackle. As far as changing out Andre James, I think Tom Cable said this week that he thinks Andre James is playing really well. Um, don't know what tape he's watching. Um, don't really know what to say about that. Don't really know how to respond to that. But obviously, I don't agree. So we'll see how it plays out. I keep saying I got to think Andre James is going to be on a short leash, but nothing keeps end up happening. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I'm not expecting any changes this week. Maybe after the bye, they start mixing things up a little bit too, which is coming up after the Eagles game, I believe. So we'll see. But yeah, I don't, I wouldn't expect to see anything different this week. All right. Question number two, another offensive line question, which is obviously a hot topic with the Raiders so far. Why haven't the Raiders signed Mitchell Schwartz yet? His health or a lack of cap room? Well, it's definitely not a lack of cap room. The Raiders, if you go and look on like overthecap.com, they're about middle of the pack, probably above average uh, as far as cap space goes with teams right now. And this time of year, you're not really going to see a whole lot of big contracts. If Mitchell Schwartz signs, he's probably going to sign for the vet minimum or not much more more than that. I'd be surprised if he got more than like $3 million at this point. I think it honestly has to do with his health. He, I believe, had back surgery in the offseason. He's getting up there. I think he's on the wrong side of 30 um, in age and whatnot. But... He posted a video around the time when, you know, I think it was the summer and whatnot of him, you know, doing his recovery and he could barely get off his feet and jump. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physical therapist. 
don't know what the the extent of his injury, but I remember seeing that and thinking that doesn't look like a guy that's about ready to play in the NFL. And then beyond that, if you've seen him post, you know, a few pictures on social media, he looks skinny or skinny for an offensive lineman, I should say. He looks a lot smaller and kind of the rumor is he's kind of got one leg in the door, one leg out as far as retirement goes. I mean, he's a guy that's won a Super Bowl, been an All-Pro in the past, so he doesn't have a whole lot more to prove. I think if he wanted to be a Raider, and I think if he wanted to come back and was healthy enough, he'd definitely be on the roster. Like I was just talking about, the right tackle situation's been a mess, and Schwartz in the past has been one of the better right tackles in the league. But yeah, I think right now it's just his health. You know, no other team has touched him. I don't even know if anybody's brought him in yet. And again, I think he's probably working his way to kind of join his brother and, you know, get in the media and start working on his, his uh, post-career career, if you know what I, if you catch my drift right there. But yeah, I just think he's not healthy enough right now, and I don't know how much he really wants to play. He probably just wants to kind of ride it out and go into retirement at this point. Again, nothing to prove. But yeah, the fact that no other team has touched him, and I mean, again, I haven't seen him even work out with another team is probably a pretty bad sign. And I just, I don't know if he'll even play this year, let alone it be for the Raiders. But hey, if he is healthy and he wants to play, I don't see why the Raiders don't at least bring him in for a workout and, you know, see what he's got and whatnot. I would love for them to bring him in if he if he can go, but I think right now the medicals are going to be pretty ugly. All right, next question. With Greg Olson calling the plays, how different do you think the offense will look this week? Well, I don't think it'll look all that different. I think Greg Olson even kind of said in one of his press conferences this week that he's not really going to change up a whole lot. I mean, you have to remember the guy didn't know he was going to be the offensive coordinator, or excuse me, the play caller um, until Monday evening this week. So I'd be really surprised if he kind of comes out and tries to reinvent the wheel. Where I think we're going to notice the biggest differences are his tendencies. I think you know, obviously with Gruden, he kind of had his own certain set of what he wanted to do. And I think that's probably the biggest difference that you get with a lot of play callers that use similar systems is everybody has what they like a little bit differently. So I could see Greg Olson maybe going with a little bit, um, you know, different strategy. You know, I would love for him to try and get a little bit more creative with the rushing game and try and get the Raiders running backs out in space rather than keep trying to bang their head against the wall and run up the middle and run the inside and whatnot, which Gruden has tried to do and has failed to work. So I would hope that maybe we see a little bit different packages and a little bit different play calling, and especially in those third and short situations, which the Raiders have pretty much just sucked at this year. Um, But I don't think the offense is going to look a whole lot different. Again, maybe we see a little bit more Mariota package or see anything at all in the Mariota package, I should say. But then again, he's also coming off an injury. And again, you know, Craig Olson, his head's probably spinning right now a little bit. Again, he didn't think he was going to be calling the plays and whatnot, the man in charge for the offense until Monday evening. So I would expect this week to be pretty similar to what we've seen, you know, obviously accounting for Greg Olson's, you know, play calling versus John Gruden's. But I don't think schematically we're going to see a whole lot of changes, similar to what I was talking about the offensive line. There's a lot going on right now. And I can tell you as a player and probably as a coach too, you're probably thinking the same thing. Like, let's just keep this as simple as possible. We have enough going on right now. We're not going to try and basically put in a whole new offense or even put in a whole lot of new plays this week just because there's way too much crap going on. Let's get our feet wet a little bit this game and then see how it goes from there. You know, obviously that's not the exactly what I'm sure you guys are wanting to hear with a divisional game coming up against a team that's also three and two. But unfortunately it's kind of the reality of the situation. This is a this is a, for lack of a better term, F situation where the Raiders are 
pretty much forced to play an offense play offense with a guy that they don't have a whole lot of chemistry with as far as calling plays and whatnot and he's going to be figuring it out because he hasn't done it in a few years and he even said this week that he was more of just kind of suggestions giving to Gruden and whatnot rather than actually being a decision maker so this could be a change of pace hopefully it'll be a smooth transition hopefully running a lot of the similar concept and a lot of similar plays will work out well and I was surprised my guy Mark John did point out that Greg Olson from his time back in Jacksonville had a lot of similarities in the play calls that the Raiders are running now. So it does sound like Greg Olson had a decent amount of influence in the offense, which should help things out. But I mean, at the end of the day, this was Gruden's offense and this was Gruden running the show just like it was with anything in the organization. So it'll be an adjustment and hopefully one that the Raiders uh, can figure out quickly. That'll wrap things up for this week. As always, follow me on Twitter at mholder95. Head to silverandblackpride.com for all of your Raider needs. And please rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's try and get some more questions in here too. That's always my favorite part of these Friday shows. Other than that, until next time, guys.